Welcome to the Keep Texas Red podcast, where we discuss the importance of true conservative values. Follow us on KeepTexasRed.org. And now, here's your host, campaign strategist and political commentator, Joseph Vargas. And we have a very special show for you today. Our guest began her career as a biochemist, a Russian linguistic for the U.S. Army, and later a prosecutor for the state of Florida. She's a constitutionalist, an attorney, an author, filmmaker, and host of a nationally syndicated radio show. She travels the country training on the principles of the Constitution. Welcome to the Keep Texas Red podcast, Chris Ann Hall. Hi, thank you so much. Now, Chris Ann, first of all, a lot of people know you for your unique ability to stand up and do training courses and defend the Constitution. You're known for your eye-opening trainings. However, you weren't always a constitutionalist. So what was that trigger action in your life that changed your perception and path towards becoming the voice of freedom you've become today? You know, I would love to say that I had some kind of an epiphany moment, but I would have to admit that I'm a little bit too stubborn to have just one thing that changed my mind. So I was really more like a sanctification process because I'm stubborn and slow to change and that sort of thing. And so I can tell you the thing that started my pathway, right? So I was a hardcore socialist. I was raised in a family where, you know, we were... We felt that to be morally responsible in society meant that it was government's job and our part as citizens of the government to take care of people who can't take care of themselves. And that taxation was our fair participation in that, you know, that that moral obligation to take care of people who can't take care of themselves. And so what happened then was I worked my way through college, right? I, back in the 80s, I had three jobs. I took out student loans for four years. I lived on, you know, there were times when I lived on crackers and and tuna fish. And I really sacrificed and I really worked hard to have this future, this education to provide me with this future with a job that I wanted, you know, that I really loved. And then what happened was after those four years, I graduated and I think, you know, like every college student, right? I have arrived, you know, and now I got my job and now I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to make the money that I worked for. And then I get my paycheck and I realize, and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So much of my income is gone. Because of taxes, I have to pay back these student loans. I'm not living with mom and dad anymore. I now have a rent to pay. I've got a car payment. I got insurance. I got to buy my own groceries. And I started looking around and taking notice of of the society around me and realizing that, hey, all these people that weren't working four years ago when I started my pathway to, you know, self-improvement are still not working. And it's, they're not working because they can't. They're not working because of choices that they've made. And they're not working because they choose not to work. And I started thinking, wait a minute now, let's rediscover the definition of this word fair. Because now that I've gone through four years, now that I've done all of this, fair 
to me really means I worked hard and I sacrificed a lot. I should be able to reap the benefits of that sacrifice. And those who choose not to work and those who make bad choices, why do they get to reap the, the, the sweat of my brow and my hard labor and sacrifice? And so that really was the beginning of, of my sanctification process. The realization that somebody was not telling me the truth about the definition of the word fair. So then after that, you began to study what the Constitution is and what all the laws are. So, Chris, how would you explain in basic terms what the Constitution is, what its purpose, and what responsibility, if any, do citizens have with the Constitution? Um, well, you know, we have we have a great deal of responsibility because uh, we are supposed to be the government. We are not supposed to be uh, the spectators or the consumers. We are actually supposed to be the government. And to be the government, we have to know how government is supposed to be running. And the Constitution teaches us how that's supposed to work. The Constitution is the standard for government. The Constitution is the standard for the operation of government. And this Constitution establishes the limits of government. And we have to enforce those limits. Now, to have this accomplished, I know that you've taken upon yourself to travel across the country and you have different courses and you have different, actually, you have online courses and you also do in-person uh, per presentations and trainings. One of the, your educational projects is Liberty First Society, where you actually offer numerous online training courses on different subjects like the origins of liberty, unconstitutional powers, uh, the power of the purse, among many more. And you even offer a boot camp for activists. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about Liberty First Society and how actually citizens can sign up and what other courses do you offer? Well, libertyfirstsociety.com is our online training and we do American history, we do constitution, we do um, representative government, we even have a couple faith-based classes and it's all learn at your own pace. And all you have to do is it's a membership-based program. You sign up at libertyfirstsociety.com. We have students that are uh, aged middle school all the way to law school. Because what we do is we take what most educators, what of the educated elite, want you to believe is complicated, right? And we turn it into, we show you how simple it actually is. There is absolutely nothing complicated about the Constitution. Absolutely nothing complicated about knowing how government is supposed to work. There is nothing complicated about the role of people and the role and limits of government. We have been deceived for a very, very long time about what government is supposed to do and about what government is not supposed to do. It is our job to know this. And so what we do is we show you what our founders wanted us to know, what our founders wanted us to believe, 
and how our founders wrote the Constitution so that the people would be the greatest power available to uh, control government. And, and within that, as we talk about in the movie Noncompliance, within that, they will be the people uh, through their states will be the greatest protector of the rights of the people. I also want to make reference on that, that you mentioned the, uh, your film, Noncompliant, yeah. which actually people can watch for free online at noncompliantmovie.com. It is amazing. And I would really recommend that everybody, as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, to go to noncompliantmovie.com and watch it. It's about an hour and 20 some minutes. And it's something that the whole family can watch. And it's really exceptional the way you break down how the Constitution works and how the power actually lies in we the people. So explain how you define what you mean when you say non-compliant. Non-compliant is actually the short term for peaceful non-compliance. And peaceful non-compliance is the most power of the people to control government. And what we do is we teach you when is peaceful non-compliance the lawful response. When is peaceful noncompliance supposed to be exercised by the people? And that's where it comes in that we understand the Constitution. Because what we need to understand is that the Constitution is our permission to power of power to the government. Okay? The Constitution establishes the limits of government. When the government tries to operate power and authority outside the Constitution, outside our consent, then guess what? It is not lawfully exercised power. It is power that is unlawfully exercised, which gives us the authority as the author of the exercise of that power to say, no, you cannot exercise that power because we have not given it to you. And because we haven't given it to you, the exercise of that power becomes null and void. That is the power of peaceful noncompliance. Now, in your film, on that same film, Noncompliant Movie, you also have a lot of quotes. One of my favorite one is, when government is tyrannical, the people of God have a duty to not comply. How can you further explain what you mean by this quote? Well, what we do in Noncompliant Movie is we, we show you why that's the truth. And here's the thing. Peaceful noncompliance as a command to believers, to Christians, comes from the Bible itself. A lot of times pastors teach that Romans 13 means that we must obey every uh, command of government because they're the government that has been placed over us. But that's not true. Romans 13 teaches that we are not to be lawless, that we are to be a people who follow law. But when government issues orders, executive orders, when government issues laws, when government issues regulations that do not comply with the Constitution, 
what you have is a situation where the government is being lawless because the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. And when government is being lawless by violating the Constitution, Christian believers cannot follow the government down that path of lawlessness. Christian believers must refuse to follow the government through that path of lawlessness. They must follow the Constitution, and in that they must refuse to comply with laws that violate the Constitution. So that's why, as believers, we must not follow government that violates the laws, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. And the Bible is full of stories about God requiring people to not follow laws that violate the higher law. I mean, you have Daniel refusing to follow the king's law. You have the Hebrew nursemaids refusing to follow the orders of Pharaoh. And over and over and over again, God not only commands people to not follow those laws, he rewards people for not following those laws. So in regards to this, you bring up a very good point, you know, and I know you make reference to this in your film. Uh, how do you think, though, even the, the government is setting a lot of these different laws? However, how do you think we got to the point where currently Americans are so complacent with this ever-growing government overreach and government tyranny? Well, and this is what's when you, you talked about the quotes that we give. Samuel Adams said, no people will tamely surrender their liberties nor be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. He said, on the contrary, when the people become universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink underneath their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. You see, we have allowed government to exercise more power than they've been delegated because we, the people, have been trained to be ignorant of the Constitution, the limitations of government through the Constitution, and the power of the people to control government. Now, if this complacency continues in the United States and with the current path that we're seeing in our country, without any major change, where do you see America in let's say, the next five to 10 years? Well, if we don't move forward with the powerful, peaceful solutions that have been placed in our hands by the creation of our constitutional republic, then we will find ourselves in one or two situations or a combination of the one or two situations. Number one, complete servitude. Number two, complete chaos, meaning a civil war or violence or a combination of the two. Because you see, liberty that is sown within us by the nature of our creation will demand that the people stand up and object. Some will not. Some will believe in complete servitude. Others will fight. And what will happen is, without even understanding it, 
we will condemn future generations to buy back a gift that we were supposed to hand to them. You see, liberty is not a gift that you purchase for yourself. Liberty is a gift that you pay forward. I mean, think about this. The fact that you and I can sit here, we can talk about this, we can publish our opinions, which is freedom of press, we can speak our opinions, which is freedom of speech, all of which are an exercise of the freedom of our conscience. Because you and I can do this and not live in fear that, you know, the, the, the stormtroopers are going to come and get us is because someone before us purchased liberty for us. We have that obligation for generations to come. As a matter of fact, our founders said this. They said that what they were doing was for ages and millions yet unborn. It's our negligence today that will actually condemn future generations to a violent defense of their rights when we could have exercised minimal force, minimal effort, minimal resources through peaceful noncompliance, through peaceful protest, through peaceful control of government. And if we don't do that, then, then it's the future generations that suffer. I think that Churchill actually said, we will fight for the right we, when we can easily win without bloodshed. We may have to fight for the right when it may cost us a little bit. But we will eventually have to fight for the right when there is no chance of victory. Because it's better to perish than to live as a slave. Our actions today will actually ensure that our children will not be slaves. And that our children will not have to fight with their blood for their liberty. But we have to act today. We have to act today. We have to get involved. We have to make it our business. We need to make it our business to learn. And, you know, that's why we have, we have LibertyFirstSociety.com. And that's why we have Noncompliant Moving. You know, I think one of the issues with a lot of Americans today is that they don't understand the purpose of uh, the founding fathers. They don't understand a lot of the heroes of the American Revolution, uh, which is actually my favorite period of American history. Mm -hmm. My favorite American Revolution hero is Paul Revere for many other reasons than just his midnight ride. Who is your favorite hero from the American Revolution and why? Well, my favorite hero is actually a woman. Her name is Mercy Otis Warren. And she was the first American woman playwright. She wrote Shakespearean-style plays in the form of satire during the revolution to poke fun at the British government and to encourage people to join the liberty movement, their independence. She was also the first American woman political advisor. She actually was an advisor to the men they sought her advice. You have these letters between her and those that most people actually consider founders. And she was the first American woman historian. She wrote a three-volume set called The Rise, Progress, and Termination of the American Revolution. She said, I have to write this history because I lived it. 
And she helped inspire. She helped organize. She helped activate not just women, but the men to join in our battle for independence. Chris Ann, in conclusion, what can average citizens who love this country and see what is happening to it do to help preserve it as a constitutional republic for future generations? Wow. You know, that's a great question because the answer to that question may be a little surprising. Every action to preserve liberty in our history and of all histories to come have come at the hands of average citizens who love their country. We have to stop waiting for amazing people to show up. We have to stop waiting for our founders in this glorified vision that we've created to be resurrected. And we have to be those people. We have to be the tireless minority, even if we are a minority, to guard and defend our liberty. And it's always been the average person. But we've been deceived and we've been miseducated and we have been denied the, the magnificence of that history for so long that we have lost touch with the power of the, of the average person. And the knowledge that, you know, every major event in history has always occurred at the hand of one person. One person with the courage to stand up and say, I will be the one to be first. And then everyone else joins in. That is one great message, Chris Ann. We want to remind everyone to go to noncompliantmovie.com, get the whole family together and watch that film. It is amazing. And also it was libertyfirstsociety.com. Yes. Thank you very much, Chrisanne, for joining us on the Cape Texas Red podcast. Well, thank you so much. I am so honored to be here with you and, and we'll be praying for your podcast. And uh, this was a really great interview. I just, I just want to say thank you again. It was, it was an honor to be with you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Keep Texas Red podcast. Follow us on keeptexasred.com dot org.